Just a heads up before we get started, I just edited the show that you were about to listen to, and I noticed there's some content that some parents may be uncomfortable with. Nothing extreme, of course, but we do reference what others have said about the presidential candidates, and it may not be good for little ears to hear all this. Cool? Cool. All right, on to the show. Well, hello, hello. This is Lance Osborne, and you're listening to Above Average, the podcast for big families. Look, you probably read the title on this one. I know we are crazy. Why in the world would we want to get political on this show? There's a reason. But first, let's talk about our kids and this weird, weird, messy election. Like I said, I'm Lance, and I'm here with my wonderful wife, Sarah. Hello. There she is. And so, like I said, we're going to jump straight into some content. Let's talk about the way that society is talking to kids about this crazy election. (laughs) We found this thread on Reddit. Reddit, man, if you don't know what Reddit is, I don't know how to help you. (laughs) Sarah, what is it? It's it's this message board. It's this social media thing. It's got all these forums. Like, how else would you describe it? Just punchy words forums threads 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 lots yeah. of threads where you see one topic and then there's a whole thread and it it like almost like a spider web yeah and so reddit is I, I do have to put this caveat in there it's what you make of it it's like the the internet as a whole it can be really really good if you're going to productivity and inspirational stuff and it's helping grow your family like this podcast i mean all that stuff right or it can be really bad obviously we know about kind of the dark alleys of the internet reddit is the same exact way Uh, i follow some great stuff on there there is one subreddit though that's what they're called these different forums and it's called ask reddit and it's where somebody can pose a question to the the community as a whole and you would have all walks of life in there I've read some amazing stories of World War II veterans, dudes in their 80s and 90s, that are on Reddit. Sometimes they're answering questions or or discussing via their kids or their grandkids. But then you've got, on the other hand, you know, 14-year-old kids that are hanging out, doing whatever in the world. Anyway, there's this thread that I came across the other day. And the title is, Teachers, What Have You Heard Your Students Say About Trump and Clinton? (laughs) <laughs> so I clicked on that and I I was in stitches. Um, so we're going to share a few of those ideas before we get kind of to the main reason of why we're talking about this on Above Average. Sarah, why don't you why don't you kick it off? What did we see in there? How did these teachers respond when somebody said, hey, Reddit, teachers of Reddit, what have you heard your students say about these two? There were a ton of fascinating responses. The funniest one though, kind of the, or the top one, I don't know if I'd say it was the funniest, but the most common one seemed to be the Trump regarding the wall and deporting Mexicans. Lots of kids saying things like, it's snowing right now in my neck of the woods in Canada. My nephew and his friend are in grade four. And when they're outside playing in the snow, one of the things they like to do is build a Trump wall. These are Canadians too. (laughs) These are Canadians. This is obviously a global um, spotlight for America. Can you tell? And even the kids kind of know it. I mean, the kids in Canada know it. Another wall one. I'm an elementary school teacher and my third graders hate Trump. Anytime anything election driven gets brought up, they remind me not to vote for him because he wants to build a wall and he hates Mexicans. And most of my students are Mexican American. <laughs> so that one's not quite as funny, but it just, for me, it shows the reality of, of this election cycle hitting the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, another one, and I guess a lot of these were kind of in this vein of, I don't like Trump or I don't like Hillary Clinton. And 
they don't know why. Because most of these, uh, I think actually the title of the thread was elementary school teachers of Reddit. So not just school yeah. teachers in general. But there were teachers of all kinds responding in here. Um, but the funniest ones, of course, were from the elementary side of things. Uh, so here's another one. Uh, one of my third graders enthusiastically yells Trump, sometimes for no reason. Can you imagine a third grader just yelling Trump? <laughs> Trump! Trump! Uh, so, uh, and then this teacher went on to say, usually one of the girls will yell back, no, Hillary. And the teacher said, I really don't think they care all that much. Another good one. They said, I travel for work. My eight-year-old son asked me if I have to go to Chicago ever again. I said, not right now. And he said, good, because Donald Trump said people get shot while walking down the street there. My six-year-old daughter <laughs> didn't want Hillary to win because my daughter wanted to be the first. And that was, is that separate? No, it's it's the same person oh, okay. responding. <laughs> like, this person had, had two great stories for his two kids. <laughs> okay, I get it. So he also said, um, my daughter wanted to be the first girl president, but now she does want her to win because Donald Trump is mean. <laughs> like, wait a minute. Do you want to be the first girl president or not? But it is it is a common thread that people think Donald Trump is mean and it would be a big deal if Hillary Clinton were the first woman president. This is also Reddit. I would say that it leans pretty uh, left this in, is true. in some regards, but that's not where we're going. Not yet. Anyway, there were also some like downright funny ones that are just out of nowhere. Um, so this one, well, the, the, the poster goes on to say, this is not Clinton or Trump related, but I did witness a group of children between the ages of five and eight play Marco Rubio instead, instead of, of Marco, Marco Polo. Polo. I laughed out loud when I saw that one. <laughs> we should we should teach our kids that, Sarah. That would be really good. Like no context, Marco. They'll, they'll think it's Marco Rubio their entire lives. Rubio. Um, uh, there was another great one on there. Uh, my other favorite was a little boy who said, "I like the lady because when she talks real loud, her turkey gobble under her chin wiggles." <laughs> Very visual. Right there. Yeah, yeah. So um, I guess he would be going for uh, for Hillary Clinton. I guess that is the lady. Particularly one. in November, I guess that's that's. Uh, I see what you did good. there. Nice. <laughs> nice, nice. Good. Okay, so why in the world are we even going here? Why are we talking about this on above average? Uh, first of all, why not, man? Everybody right? else is doing it. Have you been on Facebook lately? Some there are people who I have loved. For years and years and years. And now I don't know if I love them anymore. <laughs> the way that they're spewing the rhetoric. Uh, the way that they're just copying and pasting stuff. All that. This is both sides, people. Yeah. This is pro-Clinton and pro-Trump. And it's... Man, we know that this is a divisive election. And it's... Man, I, I feel like I'm kind of balanced. I'm somewhat moderate. I'm somewhat realistic looking at all this stuff. And it... it the The division between the two sides essentially the left and the right of this country have never been so apparent to me yeah i have been surprised by some people's passionate support for one or the other i mean i get some of the things that are, when people dislike one or the other but i have been surprised by some of the people that really support one or the other too i just wouldn't have seen that because so many people really don't like either one of them yeah, so in our case, though, like coming back to this, why is this relevant to above average? Um, we do have to say that Sarah and I, uh, you and I are what, 99% on the same page? Yeah. When it comes so. to the stuff? Yeah. Um, and Sarah and I have also known each other longer than we haven't known yeah. each other. So it's very likely that at some point our, our political, uh, what would have been wanderings, just merged. 
yeah. somewhere. Just like everything else. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but we don't mind sharing our opinions. Um, we do feel like we're pretty balanced. And we are very firm in what we believe. But with these two main candidates, with Trump and with Hillary Clinton, we are definitely not firm in their support. Um, we do think above average, though, it's a good platform to talk about this stuff. For me, Sarah, this affects this election specifically. It affects families, and of course, it affects the kids. And while the actual president we elect may affect these issues that we're talking about even more, in this episode, we're just going to get into the actual craziness of this entire political season. It's been going on for months and months, if not years. Mm. Um, but but we're not going to get into the specific politics. Um, we're we're going to try to focus on the election. Now, that is hard because, man, temples, uh, temples, tempers flare. Uh, people get excited and passionate. And that's probably why you see people posting crazy stuff on Facebook or putting crazy yard signs in their yard or whatever it is. Um, I, I don't know. Do you have anything else to add on that before we before we go on? Mm-mm, I think you pretty well covered it. Okay. So let we need to be clear, though, don't you think? Yes. So we need to be honest about where we're coming from. Like anything else, you as the listener, thanks again for listening to Above Average and kind of trusting us and maybe hearing us out when we talk about... I don't know, how many bedrooms do you need in your house or how, uh, how to handle kids traveling or some of this other random big family stuff. Um, so we do appreciate you trusting on this and we do not want to break that trust. And I feel like one way that we, would, we, we could break that trust is by pretending to be something that we're not. Mm-mm, don't plan on doing that. Yeah, and we could just ignore politics, um, but I, that's not easy either because as you see, I mean, like we just talked about in this Reddit thread, kids are talking about this stuff in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Whether or not they're talking about that with you as a parent, who knows? They're hearing it in their classroom and they're hearing it at home if you're talking about it. Right. So so let's talk about that. And, and maybe this airs on the side of just general parenting instead of big family parenting, but there are a lot of issues there. We'll get there. But we want to be transparent and we want to share with you um, where we stand on the issues. We're not going to get into any big left versus right issues here, but this is who we are. And for for me and for Sarah, I mean, if I can speak kind of on your behalf for a second, if our beliefs color what we consider to be pretty middle of the road in our positions, we're just going to feel better being transparent. So I don't know, Sarah, let me kick it over to you. Where, do you, where would you say we're at? Like if you had to encapsulate it in a few sentences, where are we at? Um, I feel like most of the time we are fairly conservative, but that doesn't necessarily put us in one party or the other. We do like to look at all the issues, but we, just like anybody, we have to prioritize those issues and where they land with each politician's platforms. And so that's probably what Lance is is leaning towards explaining is maybe where our priorities are. And that may fall in different places each time. And especially with such different and strong personality candidates this year that that creates an issue because there are some things that fall in one camp and some things that fall in another and we just have to prioritize that and and pick one or the other or neither I guess in some cases that's an option too yeah I'm without drilling down too deep I mean I don't want to get into the rhetoric or any of the nastiness or anything like that but if you've listened to the show you've heard us talk about this before Sarah and I are both Catholic Uh, we like to consider ourselves faithful Catholics and we believe what the church teaches. And so when that comes to political issues, that means that we want to treat people the way that they, they should be treated. If we were them, how would we want to be treated? So 
that litmus test could be applied to things like immigration. Mm -hmm. It could be applied to things like, um, what's a, what's another good one in that realm? Maybe the social, social justice agenda. Stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, social justice, like that's a broad category. Immigration is probably the most, the, probably the clearest one. Um, healthcare, things like that. Like we have to start thinking about out, we've got to start thinking outside of our homes a little bit. That doesn't mean that everybody needs to be on welfare or anything crazy like that, but we do need to think about the lesser of these. Correct. And I think, I think our, our faith informs our politics instead of the other way around. Absolutely. But it also kind of informs how we think that should happen. How much of that maybe should happen within the church versus what the government should control. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. So I would say the biggest thing though, I mean, if you're, if you need a litmus test, Sarah and I are unabashedly, unapologetically, no holds barred pro-life. And that means from the cradle to the grave. And so that means that we are against abortion in all cases and uh, also against, you know, going to the other side of the spectrum against euthanasia because of what that means. We believe that, that all life is sacred. We also believe that life begins at conception. So take that uh, at face value. Um, that's a giant issue for us. It's not the only issue. Things like constitutional rights, uh, the Second Amendment, freedom of speech. A lot of these core issues really matter to us a lot. So... Like Sarah said, we probably lean right, um, but we also probably lean libertarian in some things. So anyway, that's that's where we're at. Um, you know, feel free to talk politics with us one-on-one -on -one sometime if you want to, if you're a friend or family, or if you want to email the show and dig into some of this stuff, that's fine. We don't mind addressing that, but we're not going to get super deep right now because we just wanted to be crystal clear about who we are, that we are not trying to sway anybody. We're not trying to tell anybody what in the world they need to do or anything like that. Um, there's a, a great vlogger that I've talked about on this uh, on this podcast before Bobby if you listen to some previous episodes Bobby also watches this guy his name is Casey Neistat he's got like 5 million subscribers on YouTube he posts a video almost every single day every video gets somewhere around 2 million views per day which is just astonishing they're very high quality if you're into uh, videography if you're into drone photography and footage if you're into storytelling go watch his stuff it's great caveat I mean we're getting close to 2 million viewers Listen, listeners. Yes, absolutely <laughs> not. Caveat. Speaking of transparency. No. So Casey posted something the other day about who he was voting for president. And in that video, man, I, I was like, you know what? I disagree with the guy on most of what he's saying right now because I think it could apply to the other person as much as it was applying the way that he was applying some of the stuff to his person, his favorite candidate. Seems to be the case often. Yeah. But... I was with him and I was like, you know what? I respectfully disagree, but to each his own. And I understand that you've got this platform and you're trying to use your soapbox to influence people, whatever. But he gets to the end and he says that you need to vote for Hillary Clinton. And it wasn't, hey, here's what I believe and who I am. But it was him specifically saying you need to do this or else I think you're a jerk. I think you're enabling somebody who's a megalomaniac, so forth and so on. Hmm. At that point, he could have said... Flip the tables. He could have said, I think you need to vote for Trump. Otherwise, X, Y, and Z. I would have felt the same way. It's not about the specific person, but it was how he was using his soapbox, how he was setting an agenda that made me feel uncomfortable. And I don't want to do that on above average. 
Mm-mm. That to me has been one of the biggest things about this election is the way it has made everybody feel and a lot of the you're wrong and judgment that has gone with this. There has not been a lot of empathy for there are two sides to the story. Everybody is kind of made up of their experiences and there's going to be a reason whether you think it's good or not they have reasons for for having their priorities and who they may or may not vote for and nobody's a bad person for voting for either one of them because of things that they feel are important that's why we live in a democracy you get to pick and vote for someone who you feel like embodies or or at least has your the things you feel like are priorities in mind and everybody's going to have slight slightly different ideas on that right right and i I think now is probably also a good time to say even if that means a third party even if that means an also ran even if that means somebody who's going to get a fractional of a a fraction of a percentage of the vote if you're voting your conscience that's when i start to to really respect where you're coming from if you're voting to play the game play the system you're doing whatever because that's what you read on facebook or that's what your mom told you to do or whatever that's what i'm like yeah i i don't and this is where maybe you and i differ a little bit like i can respect where you're coming from if you are an informed voter but if you're just going with whatever willy-nilly that's when I, yeah. I have a hard time politically I, I i think that there could be some strategy to it and i think that's smart understanding how the system works and and what your vote can and can't do that being said you should still be an informed voter you shouldn't just vote because you know dad or mom said well i'm gonna vote this way and you went okay i'll just vote down the ballot or for that one person because that's who i've always voted for democrat or republican you should know what you're voting for so if you aren't catching the drift already i would say in a word we are frustrated with mm-hmm. this election um it's it's messy it's not um it's not clear um sarah and i again let's i'm gonna get transparent you can get as transparent as you want i have a hard time picturing myself voting for donald trump at this point in the game i can't vote for hillary clinton because of the matters of uh, the right to life issues i, I simply can't period amen if you are an ardent pro-life supporter and you can kind of back to what Sarah said, that's fine. Uh, I don't hate you. I don't disagree. Uh, I, I don't disrespect you or anything like that. Um, but I can't do that by the same token from a matter of respecting life. I can't envision myself pulling the lever for Trump. There are plenty of issues there. So I'm frustrated because you've got the left, you've got the right, you've got these guys in the middle. Gary Johnson has his own issues. Evan McMullen, is that that's, yeah, that's his name? I'm considering him. I've got to learn more about him. And I've got a little bit of time. You have a little bit of time if you're listening to this before Election Day. But please get informed. I will say, though, that while I'm frustrated, I'm not worried. Sarah, are you worried? No, frustrated, but not worried. Of course, it's a big deal. Of course, you'd be frustrated. Of course, you would, you know, want to be involved and be a, an agent of change to the degree that you can. But at the, the end of the day, election day, there's only so much that the common man or woman can do. I know people don't want to believe that. I know they want to think every that vote counts. My Facebook page counts because I'm going to affect the person who lives down the street and get them to flip votes. Maybe cool that's fine you're still the common person though and uh, there's only so much that you can do even if you can flip a few votes uh, even if you've got a platform and you've got millions of people watching you 
a day. There's still only so much that you can do, especially the way that we're set up with the electoral college, so forth and so on. Okay, Whew. diatribe over. Let's hey. get into big family stuff. Let's talk about why this matters to big families, to families in general, of course, but specifically big families. Like anything else, when you've got a big family, if you, and the way that we define this, the way that we talk about this around here is above average. The reason that this podcast is named as such is because the average family with kids, they've got 2.5 kids in the house. If you've got three or more, hello, you're above average. No disrespect to anybody who's got zero, one or two or negative kids or anything like that. But if you've got three or more, we consider you above average around here. So that's what we're talking about. And if you've got three, four, five, ten kids, they are likely spread out in age. Mm -hmm. Pretty far spread out. Yeah. So there's a, a few things that you have to work a little differently when you have that many different ages. Like? Like. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I walked right out of that clip. Um like considering that your three or four year old may have no idea what's going on, but your six or seven year old may be hearing everything you say, even though they didn't understand it and parent parroting it um, at school or wherever. And then, you know, nine, 10, 11, 12 into your teenagers do have a, a somewhat understanding of it, in which case you need to be having a little bit of a dialogue with them, not just watching what they are and aren't hearing, but actually talking to them about it because they're going to be talking about it in school, either with their teachers and political classes or with their friends yelling, Trump, Hillary, you, you need to be aware that they are hearing it and that they are talking about it. And you need to be able to, to consider that when they're overhearing any of your conversations or help kind of lead them so that they know what's going on. And maybe they're not yelling Trump Hillary in class. And as much as we would like to think that we can raise our kids to be little mini me's and that they will do everything that we did or do everything that we tell them to do rather, um, which would be I, nice. I don't but... think it's going to play out like that. No. I can look at my siblings and look at how we're all different, whether it's politically or religiously or habits or any of that stuff, and look at how we're all different from one another and certainly different from our parents. I would say the same would apply in any case. I mean, if, if that doesn't apply or that didn't apply to you growing up and all your siblings are on the same page as your parents, man, you guys are the exception to the rule. I don't think that's what we're talking about here, though. No, I want our kids to be critical thinkers. Uh, while it would be nice and probably easy if they just did whatever I said they would do, um, I want them to think about things. Just like we just talked about with adults in the election now, thinking through things, being informed, knowing what's going on. I want my kids to know how to do that too. And the only way to do that is to step by step lead them through that as they grow one step at a time, as they get old enough to understand little by little more and more and know what's going on. If we shelter them forever from all of it, they'll never understand how to think through some of these things. Again, it's different depending yeah, on your age, but right. they need to know. So why I brought that up though, is because as you raise your children, so whether it's this election, four years from now, eight years from now, 16 years from now, when we talk about these presidential election cycles, um, like they're like they're going to get better. I hope they do. It'd be nice, but, but I, I don't know. I feel like some lines have been crossed now. It feels more like a, a game show or a reality show. Um, but nevertheless, when you are raising your big family, you've got your kids, you are sending them out into the world. And guess what? They represent you and the way that you have raised them, whether you like it or not. Sure, they're their own people when they become adults, when they start families of their own, so forth, so on. 
but they still represent the way that they were brought up, just like I represent the way that my parents taught me, the way that my parents brought me up. That's just the way it goes. Now, of course, that can ebb and flow, and I can change based on what I've learned and what I've personally experienced, whether it was when I was a kid, teenager, college, whatever. I I get that, but it's still super important, hyper important for you to be aware of what you are saying around your kids, the information that is coming in between your kids' ears, whether it's internet stuff, TV stuff, what they're hearing at school, just to be a part of that conversation so you can help shape it so that you are instructing your kids to be dynamic thinkers, critical thinkers. I think, Sarah, I think you're onto something when it comes to those lines of thinking. So, I don't know, let's, let's get a little bit more specific on what we're doing with our kids. Well, so we tend to talk more about politicians' ideas that we agree or disagree with. Um, We don't want our kids walking around saying things like, we don't like, or worse, hate, insert politician here. That's just not where we're at. We would rather them understand on some level, depending on their age, ideologies or policies that we disagree with. And you know what? It's kind of cute to see your kid going around mimicking um, some of this, honestly, some of the stuff that we just talked about in that in that Reddit thread that has to come from the parents, or that has to come from family, or somebody immediately around them. Um, while that's cute, and you get a fun story out of it and everything, I think that stuff leaves inroads, and it does political or it does damage to long term. I think our political system, our democracy, because it does make it more of a game or a cutesy kind of thing. Mm. So if you've got your four-year-old running around spouting off stuff, how much of that is going to stick with them when they're in the voting booth or when they're watching uh, debates much further down the road? Right. I mean, you know, we've just like we talked about, you're going to shape your adults. How many of you have said, oh, well, when we were little, we did or didn't do that. I mean, so here we go. This is, it is in all parts of life. We used to run around yelling, Marco Rubio, or, you know, no Obama, <laughs> or whatever it was that it does. It does stick with them. Yeah, yeah. So our kids are younger. Our oldest is nine, and our youngest is, how old is James? 16 months? 16 months. Man, mm-hmm. time is flying. We've so got fast. We've got five children, and they are... Let's see if we can do this. Nine, almost six, four and a half, two and a half, and And 16 16 months. months. Yeah. So because our kids are younger, you know, of course, we're going to shift that. We're going to change that a little bit. So these discussions, it often looks something like, you know, if we're talking to Katie Beth, who's our nine-year-old, when she asks about things, we might say something like, so regarding Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump, there's some big things happening. And these two candidates, uh, that they would like to lead our country in very different directions. Both have things that some people agree with and things that some people don't. And then at that point, we can jump in and say, here's what mommy and daddy believe. And then here's why we believe it. And then here's how those beliefs align with this candidate instead of this candidate or instead of that candidate. Or, hey, we're frustrated because we don't like either one of them or we don't uh, philosophically or ideologically or whatever align with either one of them. If you want to get a little bit more um, uh, verbose or put weight on your words. And at that point, I love using big words around Katie Beth. $5 In our words. case, $5 <laughs> words. Because she'll, she'll start asking about grammar. We'll talk about the meaning of a word. We'll look it up. And guess what? In this case, it might be nice because it's a uh, wonderful distraction from having to explain why we don't like X. 
That's right. We also kind of take it as a learning opportunity for things like trust or compassion, respect for life or respect for personal property. At her age, we don't tend to get very specific if we can avoid it. Like you said, if we can kind of direct the conversation in more of an an ideological lesson about the world and kind of how to think about it versus, oh, we do or don't like one or one person or the other. Yeah. And if you've got a kid that's older than nine, if you've got a 12 year old versus a 15 year old versus your 18 year old, of course, those are three very distinct conversations from our conversation with our nine year old. I think the same thing applies as you go further down uh, with the younger crew. There's really not a whole lot to talk about. Um, I mean, obviously, as the issue is raised, if they ask who is Donald Trump, if they ask who is Hillary Clinton, if they ask who is Evan McMullen, you can be like, wow, where did you hear about this random mm-hmm. third party guy? That's great. It's a great way to learn what they are thinking. Yeah. But of course, as they get older, well, I mean, so Mary, she is almost six. I think we could still scratch the surface with her. A little bit. Luke's four and a half. Not so much. Tyler. Eh. But going back to what you were saying about parenting. Tyler can say Trump or Hillary, right? Yes, Stop there. I guess. Maybe. <laughs> he can say election day. How about that? That's, he can say freedom. He can say America. <laughs> Constitution. That's right. Um, but yeah, you can you can shape different things. I would say more importantly there in those situations, though, is making sure that your kids don't end up parroting something that you don't want them to parrot. So if you're having a conversation with your spouse in the kitchen and you've got your four-year-old there, what if they don't ask a question about what you just said that was off the wall, but instead they go ask their teacher or they go tell it to their four-year-old buddy or whatever, and it gets misinterpreted and then you're labeled as a hater because you are being silly or not paying attention yeah we do tend to or i try to and lance is pretty good about it too um we're both pretty good about it trying to be a little more generic and not using uh, names as much when we get into those kind of conversations so that they don't really know what's going on or who we're talking about yeah yeah all right sarah i think we're gonna bring this one in for landing do you got any you got any final words thoughts words of wisdom i've I've got something that i want to share but just in case No, I think you've pretty well wrapped it up. It sounds, or about to, it sounds good. Okay. Well, I would throw out this, and it's where to place your hope. Be, we said earlier that Sarah and I, we are frustrated, but we are not worried. Our hope is not in the the great presidential savior that will come fix everything for us. It doesn't work like that. That would be nice, but... Yes, it would be. <laughs> it, it doesn't. Or it doesn't have to be the presidential ballot. It, Congress. There are a lot of um, congressional elections happening as well. State Senate, or I'm sorry, U.S. Senate, U.S. Rep, depending on where you're at. Um, and obviously on the local level. And that's another thing maybe that I would throw out. We didn't even talk about this. And this is kind of off the beaten path of above average and family stuff. But I will throw it out there. In a lot of cases, your local leaders will affect your day-to-day life more than who's in the White House. Mm -hmm. So be involved in your local elections. Be informed about your local elections. Don't go in there and just hit the Democrat button or the Republican button or just vote for president and then not vote for, in our case, the family court judge. All that stuff can affect your day-to-day life and the the day-to-day life of your community as well. But as far as where to place your hope, for people of faith, like our family, our hope is in God regardless. And God does not come up for election or re-election. It, it just doesn't happen. For our family, Jesus is our Lord. 
And regardless of what happens in the United States, I believe that Jesus came to save all of us, not just the red-blooded or the, the blue-blooded Americans. Do we have blue-blooded Americans? Um, UK Red fans. or blue? You, yes, go cats. <laughs> but he, he came to save all of us, not just the Americans, right? Um, our priest made a joke at Mass uh, this past Sunday, and he was talking about how if you don't like the donkey or the elephant, choose the lamb. And I think that's when I leaned over to you and said, hey, I just wish Jesus was actually on the ballot. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> so there's the Savior that you're talking <laughs> about. But it doesn't work like that. Um, so, you know, be informed, be involved. Sure, get passionate and everything. Be careful not to affect your friendships or your, your family relationships or stuff just over this political stuff. But, um, it, yeah, just be, be honest. Be aware of where you're, you're putting your hope uh, I would say besides God as well, our country has been through a lot in 240 years of existence. While this election, it really does seem like a big bump in the road. I, I can't remember. I'm 34 years old. I can't remember an election that has been this divisive, this tumultuous. Um, it has been a bump in the road, but I do like to think and I do hope that our Constitution, it's worked pretty well thus far. And if we continue to uphold everything that it says and elect leaders who want to uphold everything that it says will be just fine. Um, I'm a firm believer in that way above any specific person that's in the White House or in the Capitol building or anything like that. So uh, that's, that's just kind of where I'm at. I mean, I want to end this on a high note because this, this election cycle is absolutely nuts. And I don't want you as the listener to think that, that we're um, succumbing. <laughs> To, to the craziness and I don't want you as the listener to succumb to the craziness either so we just wanted to throw this out there just so that you are aware of um, how this stuff can affect you and your family specifically your kids and all that other stuff <laughs> my, my wife is speechless <laughs> he, he said it well um, I I don't have anything else to say okay so on that note, hey, please let us know what you thought. Is this getting kind of, is this kind of odd talking about some of this stuff? Uh, Bobby and I did an episode right before this, actually, um, a few weeks ago. I should actually, I think it's been, has it been a month you plus? Probably it's post been that. a little while. We have been, no, the, I mean the most recent one that's been Oh, posted. okay. It's been a while and life's crazy. I have no other apologies or words to offer on that one. It's, it's just, it is what it is. But in that episode, Bobby and I, it was kind of just a, man, hey, here's where we're at. Here's life right now. It was one of those episodes. And I feel like this election stuff right now, this, this political stuff that Sarah and I just talked about, that's where we're at right now, too. And that's just the reality of it. Is it, is it weird, though, to listen to this podcast that's supposed to be about big family life? What do you think when we start going there? Are you like, no don't uh, just give me some more like instructional stuff about organizing their garage or is it okay or maybe it's okay to kind of broaden the scope a little bit just maybe not politically i don't know let me know what you're thinking let us know what you're thinking you can email us our email address is the above average show at gmail.com we do read every single one of those emails that come in we love listener feedback that is the best way that we know to uh, to kind of steer the show steer the show in the right direction of what people want and how we can be best be of service because we really do this as a labor of love and we want people to not only listen I mean we're not going for the numbers but we really do want to help families and help big families be even stronger even and even more above average 
I guess would be the best, mm-hmm. best way to say it. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. Like I said, give us a shout out. Uh, if you did enjoy this episode, please share it with somebody else. Uh, you can do that um, through your podcast player. You can also send them to our Facebook page. You can go to uh, aboveaverageshow.com slash Facebook. That will take you right there. And then I guess lastly, if you did enjoy this, please rate us and review us on iTunes. That helps a tremendous amount when it comes to other people just going into iTunes, for instance, and typing in families or big families and seeing above average pop up. So that's about all we got. Thanks again for listening and we'll see y'all next time. Bye-bye.